Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. We're going to go after that. And for a whole series, we're going to talk about anxiety, some of that mental health stuff, and strategies that you can use so that you can have a life full of peace. And so tonight, we went all out. Tonight, we brought up one of my favorite speakers. You haven't heard her much, but she gave a powerful tithe sermon that was awesome. And she has inspired me. She shared amazing things with us at Crux Camp. So join me for a second with lots of celebration with inviting up one of the best speakers ever, Vivian! You got this. Wow, that's so sweet. Thank you, David. Hi, I'm Vivian. If you don't know me, now you know. Nice to meet you. I would love to chat. Um, Wow, that was very hyped up introduction. Um, Okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about facing your fears. And I don't know about you, but fears are such a thing. Um, So join in with me. Who has fears? It's very common. Um, You see, I am terrified of spiders, and um, I see one and I run, you know? (laughs) And so it's interesting because fear and anxiety go hand in hand. Um, And I've seen it all throughout my life. I've seen it in the Bible, it, it portrays it, and some of the best people who walked with Jesus dealed with anxiety and fear, um, and they conquered such great things. And so before I jump into fear and anxiety, I do want to touch base that today is October 10th, 2019, and today is actually World Mental Health Day. Yeah. Um, so how cool is that? So, oh, it's not up there, but so perfect that we're talking on anxiety and fear on World Mental Health Day. Um, So I just wanted to talk about that just real quick um, to give you just kind of a quick background on how mental health, how many Americans suffer with mental health today. And so one in five adults experience a mental illness, whether that is PTSD, anxiety, panic attacks, um, many more, Uh, personality disorders, um, and a lot more. Um, And one in five adults adults experience this, which means 43 million Americans suffer with this daily. So many. And so I just wanted to touch base as I... Uh, had I battled with anxiety and panic attacks, and so I relate to this, and I think it's just so cool. Um, it's just so comforting to know statistics because I see that and I'm like, wow, I'm not alone, you know. So if you're dealing with that, you aren't alone. I mean, I deal with it, and I'll tell you proudly, I'll deal with it because I know that like God is so good and that He's going to get us through it, you know. And so if you do deal with that, I, we're going to talk more about it. 
Um, but if you do deal with that, there's ways to seek help. And I, I think that was like so on my heart. Um, there is therapy. There are small groups. There are counselors, um, EMDR. There's tons of things that it's just so cool that we are so blessed with to have access to. Um, and so I really encourage you to step out of your fear and press into that so you can heal and grow. Um, so if you're dealing whether or not you want to go to therapy or seek help on that, I highly encourage you. Because when I stepped into that, when I stepped into getting help, facing it, facing my triggers, I quickly realized how God wants to heal and how God wants to heal us and set us free. That my anxiety and panic attacks for a year, my last year in college, so intense, just stopped. And so... Yes. <laughs> so it's not shameful. It's not weak to ask for help. And so I just really want to emphasize that it actually makes you brave and it makes you stronger to ask for help because you're putting that in the light. <sighs> okay. So <laughs> I just want to get that of it to just really, you know, um, talk and really just honor World Mental Health Day since it happens to lie today. So tonight, I'm really excited to talk about fear and anxiety. I believe fear and anxiety is one of the greatest weapons the enemy uses against us. Your mind is so powerful that your mind is actually a battlefield, and the enemy knows that. So the enemy uses that to make you weak. And so I believe that we need to anchor ourselves in the truth and to humble ourselves through it all. I think that's so important to anchor ourselves and to humble ourselves. So what if I told you tonight that you could be under attack and not be anxious? You could, you could be in the storm and not even be touched by the storm. You could be walking and the storm could be surrounding you, but you are so focused on what God is doing and his faithfulness and his truth that you even forgot the storm was there. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just so cool. So I want to talk about Matthew 4, 14, 25. But I'm going to jump a little... Uh, yeah. Okay. So basically the story, if you don't know Matthew, uh, 14, chapter 14, um, it's when Jesus walks on water, the very, um, last chunk of it. And so Jesus sends, um, his disciples out on the water and they're there. And I'm just going to read you word for word because it's just so powerful. Um, so bear with me, but I'll make it fun. So, <laughs> and reading the Bible is always fun, right? And so, in Matthew 14, 25, it says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. They're in the boat. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. So, what did they say? It's a ghost. It's a ghost. And was it a ghost? No! Why were they so afraid when... Could you imagine Jesus walking up to you? I, I, 
I don't even know what I would do. I think I would weep, and then I would run. But they were so terrified that this figure was walking up to them that they had no reason to be anxious about. I think they had forgotten that God is always with them and never forsakes them, and God is for them. And they forgot that fear trembled them, and they shout and say, and cried out in fear, it's a ghost. But Jesus immediately went up to them and says, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So he's telling you today, when you come up a mountain, sorry, not come up a mountain, you will go up a mountain, but when you face a giant or you face mountains, he's saying, don't be afraid. Fix your eyes. Your eyes shouldn't be fixed on the mountain. Your eyes should be fixed on me. Look up, right? Or look right next to you. I'm right beside you. And so the Lord says, take courage. Don't be afraid. So I'm telling you today, take courage. Don't be afraid. The, the, the giants, the circumstances that you're facing today, right now in the season, take courage. You, God designed you for boldness. He designed you to be courageous. He designed you with authority. Take courage. You, you, you tell the devil what's up, right? You show that devil. And so God says, come. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm skipping. So, the, so Peter then says, Lord, if it's you... Tell me to come to you on the water. So Peter is saying, God, if it's really you, kind of prove it to me, right? So make me walk on the water if, you know, it, it really is you, not a ghost. So God goes, come, right? Because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to come. He wants us to come and walk by faith and not by sight. And that includes walking on water because you have authority to do those things that God has called you to do. And so then Peter got out of the boat, walked on water towards Jesus. He's walking towards Jesus because he has the authority. But when Peter saw the wind, he became afraid. He got distracted. He lost sight of where, where, where he was going, where who he was walking to. And instead, he shifted his perspective on the storm and the wind. And so what happens is because he stopped walking in faith, he starts sinking. He starts sinking in the water. And panicky. I mean, I would have anxiety if I were him. So I'm sure he got anxiety, and I'm sure fear came over him. So he's sinking, and he's crying out, God, God, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, I'm singing, Lord, save me, I don't want to dry, Lord, save me here, you know, and it was really interesting, because immediately, it says immediately, it doesn't say in two years, it doesn't say in two hours, it doesn't say in, you know, it says immediately, Jesus reached out his hand caught him and said, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So I think a lot of times we tell Jesus, Jesus, if that's you, let me walk on water, your version of walking on water, right? 
And so we go out and we step out in faith and then fear and anxiety comes out and we go, nope. And we, and we run, right? We run away. And so God is saying, but I can save you. Why are your eyes fixed on not me? And when they climbed into the boat, something amazing happened. God again shows his faithfulness and the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. But why did they doubt? Why did they doubt the guy who created them and the God who, who the wind and the waves listened to? Why would, they, why would they doubt that? But then I read it and I go, oh, I do the same thing. <laughs> that Peter... I do that same, Peter, I get you, man. I do that same thing. And so I just think it's so humbling to recognize that God is so close to us. When we walk out of faith and when we obey in what he's called us to do, and when we walk on that water and do miracles that only God can do, and when we heal, only God could do, and when we say words that only God can say, and when, we, when hearts transform, that only God can transform, but then we get distracted and look around at the waves. And then when we cry out because we're um, surrounded by a storm, God wants you to know that he has never left you. And it was funny because <clears throat> I was talking to my aunt uh, last year, and she said, God, the farthest he will ever be is this far. Wow. And... I go, but that's not far at all. And she goes, exactly, because you were designed to have a relationship with God that he will never forsake you. He's going to be this far. And until you call him, he's going to be right by your side where your right hand belongs, down right next to you. So when you walk, God is walking with you. When you turn, God turns with you. And when you walk by faith, God is there with you. And so through that, we are called to face our fears. You see, the, the attack of the enemy causes us anxiety. And there are certain things that the believer is instructed to do with his mind, but the enemy wants to make sure it's never done. So what does he do? Is He knows how precious and how powerful your mind truly is that he constantly and daily attacks it. You see, the devil attempts to keep the mental arena busy enough for the wrong kinds of thinking so that the mind can never get around to what you've been used for the, pur for the purpose that you've been used to do. You see, Matthew 6.25 teaches us that there is nothing in life we should be anxious about. But yet, our, the world tells us that there's many things we should be anxious about. What's my purpose in life? Where am I going? Am I in the right major? Am I in the right college? Is this the right friend group? What should I eat for dinner? What should I eat for lunch? What clothes should I wear? Is this the right church or not? You know? Finances. Is this the right job? What city should I move in? But yet God is saying, be still. Don't be part of the storm. You're not meant to be part of the storm. The storm is a distraction. Don't distract yourself. 
You are here with a purpose, and he will prevail the way before you so you can follow him. And so it's interesting because in the Bible it says the devil is like a roaring lion. It doesn't say the devil is a lion. It just says he roars like a lion. But you might think like, yeah. And so what's interesting about lions is right before they roar, they, they glare at you, right? They target you. They see their prey. And that's exactly what the devil does. He targets you. He sees you. And when we become Christians, we have this huge target in our back that the devil wants to attack, right? He doesn't want us to follow in God. He doesn't want us to fall into our purpose and our destiny and what God has for us. And the thing is, when the, when the devil, when we hear the roaring, he's warning us before he even devours us. But oftentimes we become so distracted by the roars that we cry out to God. So by the time when he attacks, we cry out to God and be like, God, where were you? God, this came out of nowhere. But God is saying, but he roared and he's been warning you that he's been coming. But you become so unaware and so unprepared that he got you. So I think sometimes we get a little too surprised when we go through something and the battle's already begun. And then we step into it, and then we look around, and we're like, we weren't warned. Where was the warning? God, where were you? The lion was roaring. And so if you find yourself under attack this season, with that roaring lion in your face, your mind will tell you to run as fast as you can. And you will most likely run, but the most reasonable advice when faced with a lion, Peter says, don't run. Instead, resist. And in 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, resist him, firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. When you are a Christian, you are not alone because the, the devil is targeting all the Christians. You are not alone. And yet you have to remind yourself that. You have to remind yourself that I can resist him. I, am, I, am, I have authority. I was made for authority. And no roaring lion can scare me. I will not run. The world teaches us to run. The world teaches us to numb out. And I think a lot of times we get so distracted, whether it's social media, alcohol, drugs, friends, what, music, whatever it is, we become so attuned to run and not face what we're supposed to be called to face. Because when we run, we don't grow. But God wants us to face the lion and resist him to let you know that you have courage and you have authority and you have the power because you're anointed by God's mighty hand. That same hand that split the sea is the same hand that reigns over your life. And that same spirit that woke up and raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit lives inside of you today. And so you have to realize that and you have to truly, truly stay grounded in your truth and not be rocked by what the storm or what the devil or what the distractions are doing. <laughs> and so 
you see, this is where the humbleness begins because the hand of God is over our lives. But you have to humble yourself and realize that it's not your strength that can win this war. You have to humble yourself and truly realize that it's not through you, but through the strength of Christ that will get you through that very moment. And then the next day, the very same thing again. And then the very next day, the very same thing again. And the very next day, the very same thing again. To the point where by the end, you it's literally not your strength. You look back and you're like, I have no idea how I went through that. It's mind blown. Where am I, you know? <laughs> Where was the desert? You know, who better to tell us the hand of God than the one who walked with him? And that is Peter. And those of you who are under attack, depression, anxiety, fear, dealing with failure, hitting rock bottom, don't know what's next, freaking out, crying yourself to sleep, feeling all alone, Peter says to the believers, you've got the upper hand. You've got the upper hand. The hand of God is mighty. The hand of God is strong. If you find yourself under attack, the hand of God is over your life. The hand of God will bring provision of God. The provision of God is anything that you put in the hand of God, God will multiply. And so you didn't feel like you could make it until the next day. But somehow that strength kept coming. Somehow that joy kept filling you up. We don't look at our circumstances for happiness. Happiness is temporary, but joy is everlasting. It's a gift of the fruit of the Spirit. And so the hand of God is provision, and it's a hand of protection. And I'm here to tell you today, God has every single one of you in his grip, and he has not let you go. And so don't forget that, and don't listen to the lies of the enemy that says otherwise. (laughs) It's pink because it reminds me of love, and God is very faithful, even in the little things. And so even when I was preaching this, I really just wanted love, how, just God's love for you to radiate over my message tonight, to radiate over the fear, to radiate over the anxiety, to radiate over anything of the waves that's trying to pull you back in. Um, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yet why are we so anxious? If God is offering and telling you to cast all your anxieties on him, why are we so anxious? Why do we run around like headless chickens sometimes, you know? Why do we get so anxious? He's not a ghost, so why are we afraid? Why are we afraid of the, of the mountains and the giants who have no authority? Don't give them the authority that you have. In 1 John 4.18, it says, Perfect love casts out all fear. And if you truly believe it, we would be fearless, right? But 
here's the thing. Our walk with God is a daily thing. That's why I think spending time with him is so important because that's how we gain our strength for that day. And it's really interesting because a lot of songs in the world talk about tomorrow. Oh, if you're having a bad day, that sucks, but there's tomorrow. In a weird way, it's, it's, I get what they're trying to say, but I think God calls us, no, today's not over. Why worry for the next day when today's not even done? I still have things that you need to accomplish that you need to do today. And if you worry about tomorrow, those things that I have for you that are set in stone are never going to be fulfilled. And so, so I think one verse that is just so humbling is Matthew 6, 28, 30. It's, it's the illustration of one of God's creations. And the Lord makes the point that if the flower, which does nothing, can be so well taken care of and looks so good that it outshines even Solomon in all his majesty, then surely we can believe that we will be taken care of and provided for. So why worry? Why be anxious? When we stay grounded in our truths and when we stay anointed in who we are, we become empowered and we become to lead and we don't become shaken by the roaring lion that's in front of us. You see, we have our eyes fixed on the truth and I think daily we should um, anoint ourselves in the truth and in the word of who God calls us to be. So you don't run around like headless chickens. And I think it's so cool how God painted that picture of the Garden of Gethsemane. Sorry, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the Garden of Gethsemane, so someone correct me if I'm wrong. But it was when the devil tempted him. Um, and um, God um, shot back at the devil with truths. And that's what God wants. He demonstrated us that this living word is inside of us, and this living word is the shield. So when the devil does attack, we shoot back with truth. We shoot back with action. And so I want to invite up David Knox, who is going to talk more about fear and anxiety more in depth and to give you a clearer and better vision. Yeah, that's awesome. Here, stay, stay with me for a second, Viv. Guys, can we just give a really great round of applause for Vivian? That was so awesome. <laughs> Vivian, we are so proud of you. And I got to tell you, that is exactly 100% what the crux, what the people needed to hear tonight. So thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for speaking from your heart. And we really appreciate it. So guys, just extend your hands for a second. Let's pray for Vivian. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in her life. God, we thank you that you have anointed her to be a speaker and you have given her truths and you have given her understanding about the Bible and it's a gift meant to be shared with others. So God, we thank you for what you're doing. And God, we pray even, and now I'm praying for all of y'all too. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the people's hearts. And God, we just thank you that you have made us brave. Like she was saying, we have the upper hand and we can actually get a jump on the devil sometimes. He's trying to get you to be afraid. You can just get the jump in him. No, Jesus is right here. He's never as far away as just my hand. And so, God, we thank you that you're close and you're fighting for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks so much, Viv. Appreciate you. Yeah, so guys, I mean, exactly what I said. That's exactly what we needed to hear is the crux tonight. And I mean, I've prepared some, some stuff, but some of the things that I wrote down in my notes are actually what she just said right there, you know? And even when we talked, she shared all of this other stuff that was so awesome. I'm like, dude, that was the heart of Jesus for tonight. And so the only thing I want to leave you with is that if you guys have that muscle generated where you can worry about things that's the same muscle that you can use to hope you know so sometimes if you've ever imagined when something is happening right and you play out the conversation you know this girl's gonna say this to me it's gonna go wrong I'm gonna fail this test and this is gonna happen you know you just keep thinking all of the like coulda shoulda woulda things things that might happen the next day that thing that you're doing that's exactly how you have hope you just have to turn it around and get it to think about all the good things that might happen right and so as you're thinking about all these fears and, and learning to rise above them you already have all the tools you need to be successful and your God right here, right? He's never further than that. And so face your fears, overcome them and boom. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.